Welcome to The Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to the top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. So, and I, I hear you there loud and clear, John, and there's many people here in Denver that are begging for the Broncos yeah. to go back to the, the old orange D and the, and the orange and blue. So... I actually saw a mashup the other day where it's like the current colors of the navy and the orange with a modern D, you know, and it looked really cool. Like, it's way better than the stupid, and I hated it when they changed them. You know, I was a a junior in high school when they made the uniform change, and I hated it, but when you win three Super Bowls in them, it's hard to go back. (laughs) There's no doubt. I mean, again, people thought maybe that new logo was what got them over the hump. I mean, We could we couldn't beat Jacksonville at home after being fourteen and two, and in the next year we change and, and go win two in a row. So uh, I'm with the, you, man. Um, that was bad. That was bad. That Jacksonville game in '96. I mean, I was there. Just oh. Broncos killing it at first, like killing it, like up what twenty-seven to three or thirty to three, something like that, and then the wheels fell off. Hey, look, yeah, y'all, y'all talking about the- and Jimmy Smith got hot and it was over in, in Denver. And so I always, I was also fellas at the division round game where Denver lost to Baltimore in uh, that double overtime game. When, uh, when our safety Raheem Moore got beat over the top oh, uh, by Flacco, I was at both of those division round games. I'm like, I'm not ever going to go to another one. I mean, it's all about <laughs> me. Right. But, um, but no, it was, I was at a couple of heartbreakers, but was at some really good ones too. So. Look, you're talking to That's a Saints it. fan. You're talking to a Saints fan. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, John, I don't think anybody can can outdo the the toil and frustration. But Breesis, man, J- Drew Brees, man, brought uh, it home. He did. He did. Look, never in my lifetime would I think that I would ever see a Super Bowl. But 2009, I'm hanging yeah. my hat on it. There you well, go, man. Fun. Fantastic. What would you rather have? Would you rather have, you know, heartbreak all the time? Or would you rather have, you know, a, a desert of winning seasons and then all of a sudden, yeah, then, then all of a sudden catch one or whatever? I don't know what's more heartbreaking. Uh, I'm going to take the one. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll take the paper bags for the 2009 any exactly, day of the week. <laughs> what one shining moment, right? That's it. That is it. <laughs> all day long. Oh, oh it's man. so good to finally connect with you guys I know. out here. Uh, man, been following you, and I think I feel like we've become friends over the last couple of years over Twitter and what have you and watching you guys do your thing. So I'm just incredibly uh, blessed and honored to, to really actually do a little life with you guys and, and uh, be here. So I appreciate it. Well, I love your Fired Up Fridays. I love them. I love them. Uh, get me going. Uh, I've even shared some of them with the kids that I coach, and uh, you've been an inspiration to me uh, just seeing how diligent, how persistent that you are with your message. I think the biggest thing that some people do, it's I listened to Ed Milet just two nights ago, and it's the compound pounding, uh, the invisible progress that you see, and you just kept going and going and going and going, and it's just like that pinata. Right, it's not the first hit, the third hit, the fifth hit. It's the 15th or the 25th that people typically don't get to, and they don't get the candy. Uh, it's the one that's just 
there. So you have been diligent, and uh, that has spoken to me uh, in so many ways. So very appreciative of you in that. I really appreciate it, John. It, uh, yeah, man, it, it just became something that was kind of a one-off, and then I had a couple of kids and a couple of people are like, you should stay with, stay with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I will. And, and, and there's always, you know, when you're engaged and you're open and, and you, you're observant and you hear, you're actually here. I mean, there are messages uh, like every day that people can benefit from, you know, Absolutely. some little encouragement or something that gets them fired up. So I, I, I really appreciate that. And I, I, I just try and listen <laughs> and be observant and, and, and see, you know, what God's telling me, what people are telling me and, and then try to turn that around uh, with what, uh, with what's on my heart. So, man, I appreciate that. Yeah, this, well, there's, there's two things that I appreciate about your fired up Friday. And I mean, along with the consistency, because that's the big thing, right? Is just be consistent and do it all the time. But one, your energy is amazing. Like I know when I'm going to click on the interview, like when I click on your message, like I better like brace myself because I know what's coming. Like it's it's full gusmus right at you. Yeah, it's there's no easing into it. It's not like me getting in the pool, you know, <laughs> right deep, knee deep. No, we're we're jumping off the diving board. And then the second thing is is you know, I don't spend as much time on social media these days because a lot of the people that we follow or have connected with, some people are out there just chasing likes and that's not you like you're authentic like you're going to put your message out there if it reaches 10 people great if it reaches a thousand people great i know you've had messages that you know are more popular than others that you've done but uh, i just appreciate that that you're going to do your thing and you're not chasing likes and you don't necessarily care what other people uh, are looking for so that's just refreshing i appreciate yeah john it uh it's if there's anything that i've learned through a lot of heartache is my insides have to match my outsides mm -hmm. and it, cause it won't, it, it, you know, it, it, whether it's that, that one person or 10 or 50 or a hundred or whatever, they, it won't reach them. It, it won't actually sink in or stick. And so I take a lot of pride in that. And I, you know, I appreciate you guys mentioning that because I, it took a while. It took a while for me to have that alignment because there was a time in my life where I'm like, okay, I, I need to be this or, I'm one person out here, but then I'm another person in here. And, and so I hope that that comes through, which, which I think it does. So man, that's, uh, that's good. That's, that's great feedback because that's exactly what I'm going for. Well, full transparency, JT, Gordon. I think we looked for that when we first started this podcast of how many people we chased, how many people listened, how many people were mm. engaging, how many people were mm. sending us a DM. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't right. matter. We're putting out a message. If you want to click and listen, go ahead. If you don't, don't. But Brian Kite told us the best news. Um, he said, guys, y'all know how many people listen and read Daily Discipline before I got started? Coaches, does it feel like sometimes all you're doing is copying, pasting, nudging, rearranging, and redrawing your playbooks? Get your time back. Designed by a current NFL coach with the same pain points you have, Pro Quick Draw is an incredibly powerful plugin to improve the playbook software you've already got on your computer, Microsoft PowerPoint. We've created buttons, tools, and shortcuts to save you time, keep you organized, and give your playbook presentations, scout cards, and practice scripts a professional look, and created in half the time. We've got over 25 NFL teams using PQD, and we're giving you a chance to use it too with our new affordable price for high school coaches. Try us for 30 days with no strings attached. You'll get a one-on-one -on -one video call with a football coach who speaks your language. 
Plus, you get to keep everything you make during your trial. Visit www.proquickdraw.com to get an impressive 2022 playbook started. The answer was zero. So it doesn't matter. Like, let's just, right. just do the message, and the people that want the message will hear the message. The people that don't won't click it. And Yeah. I think, I think we're all offensive coaches, too. So, like, as <laughs> offensive people, we're waiting for the next big play. We're waiting for, you know, we're setting things up three or four plays in advance or ten plays in advance or for the next drive. And so you're waiting for it to pop. And so that's the thing about social media. You don't know what's going to pop or what's not going to. So just keep putting those messages out, Coach. That's what I appreciate the most. Yeah, thank you so much, John. And I will. I will. It's become, I mean, I get I get really good feedback on it and uh, and, and that it is that it has some value. And it just, it, it really is. I, I read a book by Andy Stanley, the preacher. And he taught, and so in the book, I forget the actual name of the book, but he talks about his tenets, his principles for putting together a message. So I, uh, I mean, I am looking for speaking opportunities with the book and have done some and, and trying to refine how that works and how you actually present and what a good speaker does. And, and the one thing that stuck with me with Andy Stanley is you've got to make it stick. And, and, yeah. and how, how do we do that? So you, like you said, as a play caller, setting up, you know, that third and six, uh, you know, that shot play or, or whatever it is, you know, that is, is going to make it pop. You've got to prepare for all of that. And, and so it's all those little things that, that help make your message stick uh, with kids, you know, with your family. I mean, it doesn't matter if, if you know, they're 18 or they, they're 88. There's something that uh, you can help make stick. And so that's, that's what I definitely try to do. And, uh, and I'll just, I'll keep doing that. And, uh, and if it, if we never get that home run, if we never, you know, we, we never get this, uh, you know, the way expectations of society and what we see out there looks like, we'll get this. I'll get this though. I mean, I struggled, I struggled early on with the publishing of the book um, yeah. because I, you know, being a spirit led man and a man who actually thought he was being obedient in writing the book to help me, other men. Um, I'm like, okay, God, let's go. Let's go. It's, you know, I was obedient. I, I poured myself out in this. I poured, I poured myself out, out, um, in a, in a, in a very vulnerable way. And I'm like, okay, let's go bring people. And what happens? I, you know, I, I'm on the Barnes and Noble shelves this past weekend. So it's like, yes, yes. Touchdown. Come on. And so it, it may not always look like we want it to look, but uh, there are victories along the way. So, man, you, and you guys, and you guys live that. I, I mean, watching you out there, um, obviously, I don't see you. You know, John's daughter just walked out. I mean, I could, I don't see you in your day-to-day -day life, but I know you're living it. So I really appreciate it. And, and like I said, fellas, uh, um, it's it's been uh, it's been something that I've wanted to do uh, to be on with the two of you. So I appreciate you guys very much. Well, and I got to yeah. tell you from seeing your early draft to seeing it here yeah I mean, even even when i wrote my book you know like the first draft was okay and then they get better as you do it and better as you revise it and eventually you get the wall where you're like okay can we just get a finished product can we just put it out there and uh so i know the painstaking all the all the revisions and everything else that goes into this but uh it's good it's good coach gusness and i mean I went through and it's just miles different from what your first one was. And I mean, I highlighted, I make notes, I tap pages. So 
it it's just it was good it's neat to see the finished product right and thank you very much john yeah because i yeah we talked early on and i'm like here you know here's that here's that first you know first one and a half draft and yeah what this finished product came to be uh i i was really i was very happy with and um very excited for the world to see it so i and i can't thank you enough man for reading it for diving in and hopefully you got something out of it and and sharing you know the things that you got from it and uh though you know as you know as as an author yourself and as a coach and as somebody who's out there presenting uh you know referrals and feedback and and people uh, catching the message are, are the most important thing. So, man, I, I appreciate you with it. And I, yeah, I thought it turned out great. And I think, uh, you know, even in the midst of my story in it, which was really what I believe God led me to do is the revelation of the oak tree source, but to say, hey, man, tell your story, tell your story. And there are always learning lessons and little things that um, little things that, that we can take from somebody's story, but then being more intentional, I hope, because I wanted that to come through as well in the little blurbs at the end, the Coach Gus insights and and some of the things that I went through that that was gave me a command presence and, and gave me more availability as a man because I think as a coach, teacher, husband, whoever, if I'm not available, if we're not available, mind and spirit, we we won't create the culture. We won't create what we're actually trying to create and, and so hopefully men women see that um that there's a vulnerability you can get to which is painful and there's a journey you go through to come out on the other side and 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 have something to share with the world and that's that's mine <laughs> well you so, just shared you just shared um our three words that we talk about with our school educating the mind body and spirit dude who do it in school and uh so I haven't had the privilege to read The Oak Tree Source. I am not a great author. Um, I speak better with words than putting them down. I think that's the ADD that comes into my head. Is it, I know what I want to say, and it just goes. Uh, Coach Tory is way better at that. Uh, so he's got to see firsthand of what it looks like before, and now he has the final product. So I will um, get Coach Tory. I'll just say this. Coach Tory has, like, begged me to try to read. He's like, I read 100 books a year. I was like, shoot, man, I don't <laughs> I don't know if I've read like five books in five years. So um, (laughs) I listen to podcasts and all that stuff, but uh, I will definitely read the Oak Tree Source uh, when I get my hands on it. And uh, I see it's on Kindle for $9.99. Yeah, it's on Kindle. Yep. And the paperback. I'm probably going to have to get get the paperback just to have in my office. So when our kids are like, kids are like, what is this? I was like, check it out. So, That's uh, it, John. There's no doubt about it, man. And you know, maybe when your when your son uh, comes of age and and there's that you know that journey that he's going through that you've already been through, there's a resource to do with that there. And and like right. I said, you know, whether it's you know he's 18 or or you know when he gets into later in life or yourselves or whoever. So yeah, I think it's definitely uh, a, a paperback material to have on the bookshelf for sure. Yeah. Well, do you want to share? Do you want to share a little bit with us? Uh, since we have you here and we, we have a pretty good captive audience. I mean, we have regular listeners and all yeah. that. I think they would want to know a little bit about, uh, or the synopsis, just the Oak Tree sort, like where it came from, um, why why you decided to write it, like what, what sparred you to write it, and then now um, what do you want to get from this? Yeah, and, and this, and so the main motivator, 
uh, for the book was was really my it was my journey from the beginning. But what was revealed, what I believe, and I know that God revealed to me through through what His message He wanted to share with the world, and so that is if men specifically become a source, a starting point, the foundation for their relationships, first first and foremost, themselves. And so having being that source, you have to have an anchor. Mm. You've got to have strong roots, immovable roots in, in something, in your core values. And for me, and I think for us, that is Jesus Christ. And, and so the, the book definitely points to an evangelistic tone uh, for men to understand that, that Jesus is that source. Now, he was the head of the church, um, as everybody knows. He is the authority. He is the unquestioned authority. But what I believe God gave me in that was in perfect Jesus form, not only was he the head, but he was the source of the church. And so he flipped leadership on its head, <laughs> metaphorically, you know, and, and actually in real life. And so it's a it's a great story for men to understand that your if you become the starting point, if you become the source, you serve, uh, you care, you love, your your presence is going to be like it's going to grow strong like an oak tree. And your your position as head of the household, head of your business, head of your classroom, head of your family, what whatever that is, is is intact. So I think men too often think, man, I've got to have the title. I've got to be at the top. I have to have the uh, all eyes, those bright lights shining on me. And that's how I'll gain respect. That's how I'll be. That's how I'll be that oak tree. When it's exactly the opposite, when Jesus gives us a model for service Mm -hmm. and gives us a model for leading um, from the source. And so part of that source and head idea came from Paul, the apostle Paul, and he used in the, in the, in the Greek translation of the Bible, he used uh, Jesus's name as uh, kephale. So kephale is, is a big theme throughout the book as far as leadership goes. And kephale, he's described Jesus as not only the head of the church, but the source, the beginning uh, and the, the, the spreader of seeds, so to speak, is the Greek term that kephale means. And so as my, as that message started to become more apparent to me, I'm like, oh man, this is my story. And, and God wants to use this story to tell his story. Mm. And, and the idea of the oak tree came. So you, John, as a New Orleans fan, and hopefully I'm sure you've been to New Orleans. One of my dearest friends lives in New Orleans and, and I pitched the idea for the book. And he's like, dude, I got to show you something. So I came down to New Orleans in 2018, right after school got out. The day school got out, I got on a plane and went and saw him. And we went to the Tree of Life, which is right by the zoo. Armand Zee, yeah. Yeah, you've seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah. my kids have climbed it. <laughs> right, and, and so you know what I'm saying. So I, I saw the tree, I saw myself under that tree, and I'm like, this is it. This is, if, if men would become that starting point, that source, they would grow strong roots in in who Jesus is, who the God of the universe is, and their presence would grow strong like that oak tree. So, so much bigger, so much more wide ranging, so much stronger than we could as ourselves. And, and so that's about leaving legacy. That's about really, you know, men wanna be strong. 
They, they want to be rugged. Their, their masculinity calls to that. And, and God calls us to that. Also, he calls us to let him be the guide, the source, the leader in that and let him live within us, mm -hmm. which then grows our presence strong. And, and so that was really where the motivation for the book came from. And, and I, like I said, I, I wanted to help. That's it. I wanted to help because because I know there are, there are men out there like me who insides are not matching their outsides, who grow, go through fears and doubts every single day and don't have a source and anchor in their lives that will help them weather those storms. And, and as a result, they're killing themselves, for lack of a better term. They are um, doing things that are totally contrary to what they do otherwise. They're being destructive. And that was a part of my life as well, was being destructive. And so I lived it. And God popped me out the other side and he took me on my hero's journey. He said, dude, you've got something to say, say it. And, and I'll, I'll leave it with this. Uh, Isaiah 61 verse three, uh, God, Isaiah speaking through God to the Israelites as they come out of Babylon. He says, um, I will, um, Isaiah 61 three says, you will be like oak trees on display for my splendor. And so he's giving Isaiah this revelation and as the Israelites are coming out, he's gonna give us uh, a, a bed of beauty instead of ashes. So he's giving a, a oil, the anointing of oil of joy. So he's giving us all these uh, encouragements and uh, Isaiah 61, three is that idea of uh, being oak trees on display for God's splendor. And so that's the ultimate payoff. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what we grow into. And so it's obvious, you know, the Bible talks about these things specifically. And, and so in my opinion and, and what's been revealed to me that, that God is sharing a message through me. And, and so I see myself as that spreader of seeds, that connector, uh, somebody who creates belonging and kinship for the kids I coach, uh, for my family, for, the, the men in my life, the, the friends that I've made. And, 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 and really I, I see, um, I see patches. I see large swaths of, of men strong, like oak trees in their cities and their towns and in wherever else they are. And, and, and I think that's what God sees too. And, and that's kind of it in a nutshell, man, as, as my journey evolved, that message came to be, and uh, I am luckily lucky and blessed enough and honored enough to to be able to to influence lives every day in the classroom, on the football field, uh, in in life and everywhere. So uh, so that's it, man. Yeah, I think about. Well, I think. Go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say one of my biggest takeaways from the book, and because you talk about all these things, right? You talk about strength, and you talk about real strength, not fake strength or phony strength. You talk about awakenings, coming to grips with your story and owning your work and, and all those different things. The one theme that's over and over and layered in every single chapter is authenticity. And it has to be yours. It has to be, you have to own it, right? And so I want to talk about that for a little bit, Coach Gusmas. Like, how does authenticity impact you as a leader and as a man of character and strength? It is the foundation it is the actual it is where everything begins because we talked a little bit about it uh at the onset of this conversation you won't be believable you won't be able to be trusted you won't be somebody that your the people that you're leading coaching teaching whatever it is you won't be somebody that 
they can actually believe and learn from. And and so through through a lot of heartache, guys. I mean, through uh, trying to live a double life. I mean, I I lived a double life. I mean, I was it, it, <laughs> so funny. I um, I um, I feel like I was um, Eddie Haskell. At, at some points in my story, I pardon me, it just makes me laugh. So Eddie Haskell, if, if, for those of you that go back far enough to know what Leave it to Beaver was, um, Eddie Haskell was the friend who was very nice and cordial and very had great manners around the family. And then, you know, then he turned around and he was a total menace and bad influence. And that was what I was for a long time. Not not trying to be that, not intentionally trying to be that way, but I, I just lived a double life. I, I didn't, I didn't like who I was on the inside. I got a lot of praise and adulation as a younger man for the things I could do on the ball field. And, but I was never fulfilled inside. So I was dying inside. And, and, and so part of that is uh, when your actual insides match your outsides, when what you say, believe and your behavior all are in line with what you're thinking, how your heart is, where you're at. You become somebody that is trustworthy, that is a safe place for people to open up. You become the person that uh, you were meant to be. And I think there's there are many men out there, I don't mean to make a, a complete generalization, um, but there are many of us out there who uh, have that Jekyll and Hyde lifestyle. Hmm. And that's why uh, you see marriages breaking up. You see men struggling with stress and depression and anxiety at um, at very high levels. And, and so it's so important that we do the work. And when we do the work, um, our mind and our thoughts are on the same page. And then we can really we can really make an impact. So I think authenticity is the absolute prerequisite for anything that any man does, any person does, because when you do that, you just become, you become who, who you are. And, and that's what people wanna know. And so you guys know it, your kids know it, your wives know it, You're the kids you teach and coach, they're like, this guy's trying to be something he's not. I mean, he, all we want him is to be himself. And so authenticity is the absolute uh, prerequisite to everything that happens after that. I love too, like for those of you that have read the book or if you're about to read the book, I mean, Coach Gusmus is super honest and candid about his own story. Uh, I love how you mentioned your wife and kids. That's not necessarily a part of my life that I want to share with other people. Mm. I mean, I kind of want to keep that sealed off and, and I want to keep that as mine, you know, but you are very open and authentic with um, your own relationship with your wife and your kids. And I love what you wrote here about the trust gap. You know, what are you going to fill that gap with when they're, when maybe you are being a little phony or you are living a double life or you aren't as authentic as possible. I mean, there's a gap there, right? And people see it, but they don't necessarily know how big it is or, or what to do. How do you fill that void? And I love what you say. You can either fill it with trust and, and like continue to go on, or you can fill it with suspicion. And the great part is one of those fills the gap and allows you to keep going. And the other one erodes the gap and makes it even bigger. So I just think that's a great insight and I highlighted it and tabbed it in my book. And uh, yeah, I, I just think that's part of authenticity is what do you do when there's a disconnect from what reality is versus what you're trying to make? No doubt about it. No doubt about it, John. And, and there's, there is a growth process that happens through that because we, in our minds, 
Our minds can tell us many different things that are not necessarily true. Or our mind can pick up on things that um, reinforce suspicion or reinforce the things that, that we want to see. And, and it takes, yeah, man, it takes a sometimes a leap of faith. It takes uncovering those things inside of us that allow us to keep trusting, to keep seeing, even, even when our minds are, are, are we're deceived or whatever that looks like, or there's doubts, continuing to trust what is actually real, true, steadfast, and honest. And yes, I, um, it's a great point you bring up as far as uh, I am a fierce protector of my family. There is no doubt about it. And, and I, I mean, is, is me trying to live out being a source of strength and substance for them? Um, that is, protection is a huge part of that and providing those immovable roots and all the symbolism that the oak tree gives. And I, I wrestled with it. I wrestled with it quite a bit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but, um, but my story wouldn't be complete or it wouldn't, in my estimation, have the impact that I, that I, was hoping it would have without really getting honest about some of those things that I went through, some of the suspicions I went through, and some of the things that the, the fear and the doubts that I went through that I needed to grow through. And um, I and those are the places where I'm like, okay, I can help. This there's help. If if you're man, hey man, and we as men, we want to you know we want to have it all put together, and we want to present a certain way of being. And man, it, it, it isn't always that way. And, and, and it's okay to say, okay, I don't have it all together. Or these are the things I'm going through. Because part of the, another huge part of my story is men like yourselves being able to, to be honest and vulnerable with them so that I could then grow through that and, and have this story to share. And um, yeah, man, it's, um, it's a great point, John. And I, I don't know that I, um, I, the story wouldn't be complete without it. Like I said, I wrestled with it quite a bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, my wife was, she's the most amazing woman that I know. And she said, Britt, it's your story. It's not my story. It's your story. And if that is something you feel you need to put in there, then you need to put it in there. And, uh, and she has supported me uh, through it all. And, and uh, if anything, it's continues to make us stronger and, uh, like I said, it uh, you know the book was designed to um, to help, and and help doesn't happen unless you get under the surface and you go a little bit deeper. Um, yeah, I, 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 go ahead, Coach Weaver. Now I'm just reading, and you you opened up this box of, um, and I'm reading part of it on the website on Amazon about the oak, yeah. the oak tree source dares men to find to find and welcome the light. But later on, it says, too often men define themselves by only what they do, by what they've accomplished, by the toys they own. Being a man takes work. Well, this morning, I was getting ready, and Coach Willie Spears was at TWSE5. I don't know if you saw that or not. I liked it. And I'm hoping that it gets some traction. But it talks about how coaches care about wins and JT you know a little bit about the backstory of where I'm going with this I think so many coaches and we have a lot of coaches that listen to this podcast I believe they put who they are and they put their definition of who they are in the championships they've won the all-state players 
the seven on seven championships, whatever. And Willie Spears shared that you're not, I'm going to summarize it, but I'm also going to share it in the bio for this podcast. It's, it's not what we are and who we are and all the wins and the championships, but is in short, his daughter was an 11th grader wrote a letter and he found it in his diary and says, I'm so tired of moving. Dad's always happy, but I'm miserable. And it goes on. The gist of it is that the championships that are won and the players that you impact, they're not in your obituary. The people that you live with, your family, the people you impact, your family, <laughs> are, are going to be the ones. They're not going to say survive by all-state quarterback, blah, blah, blah. They're going to say your wife's name, your kids' names. And I think that's just an important aspect to realize as – through your book, How to Become a Man of Strength, Substance, Spirituality, is that how do you define yourself? And our definition comes from who we are, whose we are, and we belong to Jesus Christ. That's Amen. who we belong to. And um, I've had a realization with this. I'm reading Growth Mindset and uh, taught Sunday school this morning about Rahab and that whole story with Jericho. Anyway, I just think it's, it's imperative that coaches understand the wins are wins. Those are fun. They're fantastic. They're exciting. But they're not everything. Uh, JT and I are going to record a podcast. Our team went to Nike Outdoor Nationals. We're going to talk about that experience in Oregon. We won the national championship, but got DQ'd. Mm. So we're, there's a whole other story in that. So, And I, I had to share that message this morning at church that people like, y'all won, y'all won. I said, ah, it's an asterisk. We had the fastest time, but we got DQ'd. Like, are you fine? I was like, it depends on, like, how do you define success and whose you are and whose you belong to? And uh, I think in today's world, it's how, what's the, what's the paycheck I can get? How many championships? Can I beg, borrow, steal to get this that I want? Rob Peter to pay Paul, all those things. Um, I think more than ever right now that men need to hear about your book and the Oak Tree Source on how to become a man of strength of substance, of spirituality, um, and that it takes work. You said it yourself. It takes work. Being a man takes work. Um, it's, not a, it's not an easy button, that red easy button, you know. You, you can't push right. that and get it. It's, it's a lot of heartache. And, and, look, people are like, we win a championship, okay. We lose a championship, okay. I mean, JT, I, was, I talked to him. He's like, y'all want another state championship? I probably spent two seconds and said, thank you, next. Like, I'm not trying to be like, yeah, we're going to win them every year. But that's not like we lost in seven on seven yesterday. Okay, it's seven on seven. Did we get better? Did the effort we put in get the outcome that we result, that we want for August 11th when real football starts? Uh, so I think it's just framing up to kids uh, that, that we're entrusted to in our lives. And I'm not talking about if you're, if you're a father, you understand this. Not the kids that we coach. It's the kids that live in the four walls of our home. And how are we pouring into them? Um, and sometimes it gets easily misstrewed, mis like sc screwed around, and like everything's messed up. That we got to chase the championship rather than chase our children. Yeah, and I'm going to piggyback on that really quick because I think Coach Gusmas brings this up toward the end of his book, but he kind of describes it a little bit different. It's a lot of what you're saying, Coach Weaver. I don't have the book. You're you're cheating. You got the book. 
and and I've read the book. I've done my due diligence. So I mean, it's not just uh, I'm not just thumbing through finding stuff. But Coach Gusmus talks about rearrangement, and uh, that was another one that I like tabbed and highlighted, and and it that one caught me. That it hit different, right? Like I had to put the book down and think about that for a, a little bit longer, just like the trust gap. So tell us a little bit about rearrangement, Coach, and why that's so needed to piggyback off what Coach Weaver was saying. Yeah, it, th- yeah, thank you, fellas. And, and John, uh, Coach Weaver, it it's that idea of what is empty, chasing what's empty and then what's essential. Now, our, our championships and, and, and all of those things empty, not at all, but they only last so long. And I think us as coaches and as men that have families want to want to pour into something that's going to last. And precisely like you said, John, it's um, I mean, it's those people that are that are going to be closest to us that are going to carry on our legacy. And I think the three of us can say definitively that we want to create a legacy that that is going to endure past who we are because of whose we are. And because we focused on what was essential in our lives, and, and that's where that's where substance comes in. So substance is the essential stuff of life, and and um, and so to uh, to uh, kind of combine that with what Coach Tory said, rearrangement is the process of, of actually letting your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors be rearranged, actually to go through an experience, uh, which I call in the book, the hero's journey, but going through that experience where you discover, you uncover and you discard these, whatever doesn't work for you so that you can actually get to what is most important. And that is in that rearrangement process is, is not easy at all because when you actually let Jesus lead and be the let him build his kingdom within you, everything about you, a lot of, of what's about you is going to be rearranged. It's not your sock drawer. It, it's not um, your bookshelf. It's your heart that's going to be rearranged and, and moved to a space where you can actually see with the eyes of your heart. And, and I did, I think I did see that short little blurb from uh, Willie Spears on Twitter today from uh Nick Caravitas, one of the guys out in California, posted mm-hmm. it. And, and so rearrangement means we we start to understand that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw it. And so I, it sounds like Coach Spears was having a little bit of a rearrangement um, when, when he saw that note from his daughter. And, and those are the things that hopefully we can stop, pause, take note of, and, and know that it's so much bigger than us and, and you got in the both of you i see that every day when i see you guys out on social media pardon me but i see that you make it about more than you and that's what it's about and, and, and so when we make it about more than us and we focus on what's essential and we let jesus build his kingdom within inside of us rearrangement is going to happen and it, it really it's the most beautiful thing that's ever happened in my life because when i said when I actually lived, when I actually prayed, uh, my life for yours, Father, and He's like, okay, all right, then I'm then I'm gonna make my life yours, and I'm gonna make my kingdom within inside of you, 
and, and you are going to be a different person. You're going to be a new creation. And with the prideful nature of who I am, <laughs> you know, my best thinking, the best way I went about things got me a seat in Alcoholics Anonymous. So that, that's how well I did and in full disclosure. So pardon me if that's too much. Um, but Jesus came into my heart, rearranged it. And you see the man today that hopefully is, is servant oriented, uh, lives with a spirit led focus. And so I, I use the, I use the term spirit led quite a bit. And, and that, that enthusiasm and that spirit that you see in those videos, um, really comes from, from the, the, the life, the life song of, of who I've become and, and that song being sung through his spirit living within me. But uh, coach, it's a great connection to, to what John Weaver was talking about as far as rearrangement goes, because there, there will always be moments in our lives, always, and whether we choose to listen to them or act on them or uh, go a different direction, they're there and, and they'll lead to the substance of life. So man, great connection. Thank you very much. Yeah. I haven't even read the book and holy cow, touch stories over there. I already read the book and has the I, cliff I know, notes. Right? I'm going to well, have to ask uh, him for the yeah. cliff notes first. Yeah, that's right. Well, and, and I want to, I, I guess I want to conclude, wrap up. I, then I, I mean, I could sit back and just listen. Don't have to just make this the end. But to me, Coach Gusmus, this is the best part of the book, in my opinion, um, aside from your authenticity, aside from your passion that you have, that you share throughout the pages or whatever. But I love, and I tweeted this when I read it too, because it just, it's not new to me, but the way you rearranged it to make it new is really good. And it's in the last few pages of the book, but you talk about the five regrets of the dying. And uh, that's not necessarily how you rephrase, that's not how you phrase it, but that's how I've heard it the first time. And uh, I just think we talk about rearrangement, like these are the things we need to consider first. Um, the one regret that they have is that I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I mean, look, Coach Weaver, we're, just, we're not even in season. Like, you just got back from running track in Oregon. You just got back from seven on seven. I mean, Coach Gusmus, I'm sure you guys are doing a whole bunch of stuff with your season uh, coming up, too, for the summer. I mean, here in Iowa, we're playing baseball every day. Like, I'm in the weight room every single day working with kids. Um, I mean, we we work really hard. We spend a lot of time away from our families. So, that's one area of our life that we probably need to rearrange. Um, thoughts on that from either of you guys? John, go ahead, man. Uh, I don't know. I, the two words that come to my mind are slow down. Just slow down, JT. I mean, as busy as we are, as, as, as hectic as everything is, um, I think it's, slow down. For us, and and Coach Joy, you say this all the time. Just press pause and reflect, and reflect. And I think we get so anxious at at things to happen. So you got the weight room in the morning, so that's already running through your head. Um, we have seven on seven. I'm teaching a whole new group of receivers. So anxious about, hey, can they get better? Are they getting better? What effort are you going to put out? How many times is Coach Davis going to yell at them? And then I got to go play good cop. Like there, there's all these anxious things that go on. Uh, you know, my, my daughter's getting older. Uh, my son's getting older. They're nine and five. Soon they're going to be 10 and six. Next thing you know, they're going to be 20 and 16. And uh, I think just to slow down and, and enjoy life. Like don't be anxious. Don't be uh, 
haphazard, obviously. But, I mean, it's just – when I was in Oregon, I'll sum it up this way. When I was in Oregon, it was the calmest I've ever – I was in around all those fir trees. So, they were a lot taller than oaks, I think. They're like 200 feet tall. It was so green. It was so quiet. It was just – it's like, holy cow. So I went on like a three-mile walk and uh, walked up to Pre's Rock, Prefontaine, where he had his wreck in, in Eugene, and just sat there, and I was like, here's the one of the greatest athletes ever to run on oval. And just reflected on his life and then, like, how peaceful it was just to reflect on my own life. Like, what am I going after? What am I searching for? Um, I mean, I've even had conversations with, my wife even I mean full transparency here full disclosure whatever I mean it's uh, I only got a coach in about two three years I want to get out uh, just with the rigors that come with it and the all that I mean am I going to miss it yes but whatever God wants me to do he's going to put on my heart and the direction that I go I go but it's just reflecting on the people that matter most in your life the people that count on you the most uh, and I alluded to this earlier, the ones that that are in your house. You know, yes, the kids that we coach obviously mean a lot to us, and we care about them deeply, but it can't take precedent over the wife at home and the kids you have. So slow down would be my two words. Mm-hmm. I, I would echo all of that. And, and John, you, you said the operative word for me is is reflection. And, and even and even giving the um, the not the illusion, but even at home, whether um, I I feel like I've got to get stuff done around the house and that creates anxiety. But I have been very intentional, and actually, and and I've been you know this has been something that has come to characterize my life. I will just sit for you know any amount of time and just look at my wife. I'll just look at her. Mine, mine tells me when I do that. Mine tells me quit looking at me. Right, and she didn't know it. Right, and Carrie too. She's she's like, what are you doing? What are you looking at? And and she knows. And she's like, she intuitively knows that there's something in me that is, um, you know, is 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 slowing down and just wanting to admire her. And and so and I do that with Colton and Isabel as well. And Art. So we leave. We actually leave uh, later today for a trip uh, to Florida. And Isabel is 12 and she's going to go. She's so we went on the trip specifically because we didn't want her to travel by herself. She's 12 years old and she's going to this marine biology camp uh, off of the Keys in Key Largo. And we're like, God, what an amazing opportunity. And we're like, well, she's 12. She can't go travel by herself already. And, and, and so we're and we were going to, you know, then we're like, we'll make a little vacation out of it. So it's going to be great. But just that idea of seeing uh, my kids pass through those life stages um, and, and going all too quickly, as you guys know, um, but just really stopping, pausing, reflecting, and, and soaking in who they are, uh, soaking okay. in, the, in who they are. And, and that, that, that doesn't entail, that's not work, that's not being anxious about an install or whether the, you know, we, can run out, we can actually run outside zone. Can we or can we not? Um, so, but yes, and so that idea of work takes on more meaning, um, just not at the job, um, but actually having the I, having the patience to hit the pause button to slow down, like Coach Weaver said. So I, I he put it so well. All right, I got it. Hey, 
you got to make sure coach Gusman, I'm sorry, coach Weaver, but okay. you got to make sure that when you drop your daughter off at the, at the camp that you go in and you yell, is anyone here a marine biologist? <laughs> I mean, for those, for those Seinfeld fans out. Yes. I will. Yes. I, mean, I will. I'll do it. Yes. You got it, coach. I'll do it. I'll, yes. And she'll be thoroughly embarrassed and I'll do it. But I don't mind doing that at all. Titleist. If you pull a Titleist ball out of your pocket, that would just be icing on the cake. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. All right. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Coach Gustmus, before we go. Yeah. It is Sunday, and this is when we're recording this podcast, and you are known for not fired up Fridays, but also Sunday encouragement. Can you leave our listeners Man. with Sunday encouragement? I certainly can, Coach Weaver, and – my study encouraged my encouragement for everybody out there today is this Mark Twain penned the famous quote, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why my encouragement to all of you today is to go boldly in the direction of why you were born to find your purpose because you were so uniquely and amazingly made by a God who knew everything about you before you came into this world. You were made for more. You were made for a purpose to impact this world with the unique person and human you are. Go boldly in that direction and always rejoice in this day and be glad that God made it. Perfect. That's awesome, Coach. Man, I awesome. really appreciate it, guys. Oh, look, uh, we love it. I love the authenticity. I love everything about what you stand for. Thank you. And, and right back at you, fellas. Um, I, you know, I've said it a couple times now. When we, you know, when I got more active on Twitter, you were, you guys were the first couple guys that, that I saw out there um, being a, a person that, I want to be like who are modeling the, the, the values and character uh, that I want to model as well. So it's been uh, an absolute pleasure uh, to just sit with you guys um, and, and talk about the essential stuff of life. And uh, yeah. man, I hope we, I hope our paths cross in, in, uh, in real time, one of these days at a clinic or, or, you know, man, I, I mean, we just, we do a lot of road trips and, and I've dropped, I've dropped in on dudes before. So um, don't be surprised if, if I'm in Iowa or in Mississippi and, I, and you get a, a Twitter message from me, but, uh, but really, truly, I, I hope that our paths cross in, in real, in real life sooner than later. Well, I'm going to echo yeah. that to coach Tory. Uh, you know, coach Tory and I haven't met in real life yet. Oh, you haven't? I thought, no, I thought you guys had met at a, no, at, at a clinic you hadn't? I was supposed to go and I couldn't. Oh, okay. I <laughs> Never. Well, there you go. Well, we, we need to, uh, we need to go hook up. Get the trifecta, man. we need to get the trifecta going and get all no three doubt. of us together. No doubt. Man, I, I just, I, I can't thank you guys enough and uh, continue to, just continue to, to be doing what you guys are doing, man. Making a huge impact and difference in this world, man. Thanks, World Coach. changers. Thanks, you guys Same with you, Coach. We, you we appreciate you. Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro Quick Draw, the dynamic playbook solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. 
Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your 2022 playbook quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. That's Pro Quick Draw.